BBC Six Music. John Richardson. Morning, all. Welcome along. Thanks to Yare. Uh, it's John Richardson here now for another three hours. Not a very showbiz name, but there you go. I'm stuck with it. Uh, we'll see what we can do. It's a miserable day. Again, grey and wet and terribly windy on the motorway this morning. And a miserable day that we have an extra hour of. It seems like a bit of a waste to have a free hour and on such a naff day. But the next three hours, uh, we'll certainly have a laugh. And we'll start off as we always do. We'll kick straight off. Try and put a smile on your face in a way that I probably can't do in the first link, with a song from the world of comedy. This uh, was a request that came in during the week by Ivor Cutler. I, um, I'm i not sure I've heard this uh, song. It's only a little short one, so um, enjoy it, and uh, here we go. So there we go, that was this week's comedy song, something of a short one. If you uh, have a longer one, then text it in to 64046 or email bbc.co.uk. We'll smooth the gap by going straight into another belter. I can smell it coming just round the corner. Broadway Jungle by Toots Hibbert. I hope you enjoyed that. We're officially underway now. I hope you're well on this Sunday morning, wherever we find you. Uh, in bed, I hope. Uh, as someone who didn't spend enough time in bed, I always like to think that uh, people are just lying around having a lazy morning. I'll let you know what we've got coming up until one o'clock. Uh, 4D in at 12, as usual. He's already in. Um, he stayed at my house last night. Um, we've got the first 4D file today, which is his little fact report on diet and nutrition ahead of the brand new Matt Ford. And we have a, a celebrity dietitian coming on to give 4D some tips and advice. Uh, at 11 o'clock, my uh, guest for the middle hour will be uh, fantastic comedian Sarah Millican, who quite uh, rightly won the Best Newcomer Award at the Edinburgh Festival this year. Uh, so we'll be chatting. And after we'll build up to the real news, we'll let them have their say. But I think everyone knows really what's going on in the world so after 10 30 we'll try and pick the stories out of the paper we'll sort of have our breakfast together and we'll chew over the papers so if you've already been out and got a paper this morning and you spotted a story that you uh, perhaps made you smile or giggle or uh, an interesting fact that you didn't know that you'd like to share with us uh text in 64046 or email johnrichson.6music at bbc.co.uk and uh, we'll share with the world the best stories i think we all know the credit crunch is going on but if there's a dog that can fly then we want to know about it and uh, of course the first thing we do to set the right mood on the show is we contact a good friend of mine mark olver who each week goes and finds someone who's going to put me in a good mood and hopefully that joy will spread um so we'll get him on the line he's very excited about the guest he's up this week which means i in turn am excited we'll have that straight after peter gabriel that was i have the touch by peter gabriel and i'm joined now by a man who has a touch of dropsy um, Mr. Mark <laughs> Ulver, hello. You could have gone for any type of tr- touch then, couldn't you? I c- yeah. Well, how? What, what, what joke would you have done there? A touch of genius. Oh, I'm not a polite person. There's no fun being nice to people, is there, when you meet them? You go, oh, how are you? You look great. Much more fun to go, you look terrible. Are you not sleeping? Um, it's not all about fun. Surely it's about being nice. Well, sometimes. Obviously, if someone was crying, I wouldn't open with that. What's the matter? You had your just desserts. But, you know, it's just a bit of friendly banter, isn't it, between buddies? Yeah, that's very, very true. Do you know what I'm not afraid is angel delight. And where did that come from? Just desserts. Okay, fair enough. Um, I had had a dessert yesterday. I went out for a little meal on my own, a little Italian. I had a cheeky little calzone and then a slice of cake, which wasn't very nice. Um, oh, well, you know, I had a lovely dinner in uh, Worcester. I went uh, to see Martha, lovely Martha, and we went to a pub. Had a very nice dinner, but the pudding, deep-fried jam sandwich 
Oh, Lord. Wow. Well, we were just chatting off air about diet and what's a sensible thing to eat. Deep fried jam with any custard or ice cream? Uh, ice cream on top. Oh, God. It's making me want to go back to bed just thinking about something well, no, like that. I mean, that's basically a donut, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I assume... Uh, did, uh, did, did, I can't... <laughs> go did on. they go on, get your head around it, John. Well, it on. wasn't battered, was it? Just um, they deep fried the bread. Yeah, that sounds absolutely revolting. Um, but I hope you had a smile. Did you? Uh, did you shout at the restaurant manager? Did you? We've had uh, an email what? in during the week from Ian in Liverpool. It says, "Hello, John. Just wanted to drop your line about Mark Olver's tale of cinema woe last week. Uh, anyone who didn't hear last week, Mark Olver went to try and see a film, uh, was late for the film, and was uh, banned from being uh, allowed to enter the film and kicked off for forty-five minutes. Didn't you, Mark? Well, uh, only because I knew that I was too late for the film, so I thought, well, I might as well get something out of this experience. I had a good argument. I was listening to the podcast. Says Ian and found myself becoming more and more angry as he recounted his customer service experience. I don't understand why he was so angry. Was it because he didn't anticipate a queue at the cinema? Was it because he expected the cinema to allow him in after the film had started so he could disturb all those people who had anticipated a queue? Once he'd made his initial misjudgment, he further compounded the error. That's right, our listeners use the word compounded. By haranguing, yeah, there's a haranguing in the same sentence, three separate members of staff... If you ask anyone who has worked in customer service, then they will tell you that the vast majority of the great British public are perfectly reasonable. But it's the tiny majority, uh, the tiny minority, who <laughs> complain if they disagree with a policy. It's this tiny minority who can ruin a day. Mark Olver sent three people home unhappy when he had the option to simply learn from the experience and allow more time to purchase a ticket before Excuse a me? listed event. If the manager of that cinema went home and channeled his rage by beating his family, then their blood is on Olver's hands. So there you go. Other than that, I enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. <laughs> what is that, folks, mate? <laughs> that is Ian in Liverpool. In Liverpool. And he titles his email, Mark Olver's Antisocial Cinema Disgrace. I would just like to say that I was in plenty of time to get my ticket, but because of the queue Clearly that was their not. fault... But because the queue that was their fault, because they had two people working and someone else just milling about, then that's the reason I was there. And I would only miss the start of the film by one minute, which is basically the credits. And if we remember, it was Get Smart at one o'clock on a weekday <laughs> afternoon, so there wasn't going to be anyone to, uh, you know, annoy anyway. No. Um, Ian. Okay. Ian. Okay, well, you need to take this up with Ian. I'll give you his personal email address and I you two can... I am perturbed, Ian. Ian's clearly been harangued too much in the past by ninnies like you. Um, How do you spell harangue? H-A-R-A-N-G-U-E-D. It's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, it is a good word. Your task is to get it into a conversation this week. So I'll use it in the spelling bee tonight at um, Opera. Ah, yes. Bristol's finest comedy experience. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You've got a guest for us who's going to cheer me up, is that right? I have got a guest for you who's going to cheer you up. Now, Mr Adam Hudson, your beautiful producer... Um, There's a lot of homoeroticism in the studio this morning. Matt Ford was what I can only describe as titty-grabbing uh, Adam Hudson this morning, <laughs> who's wearing shorts and flip-flops and showing, for oh, me, dear. a little bit too much flesh for a day oh, like today. Grey day, we should all be wearing coats and cardigans and mittens. Not when Absolute. you cycle in the rain. Not when you, you cycle... Get hold of that bloke. <laughs> Talking uh, of... Yeah, I did. So, oh, good. are we going to get we're going to get this lined up? 
Uh, yeah, I think it's all lined up. So, uh, so well, and, and this one, I'm not going to tell you who it is at all. You don't. You genuinely don't know, do you? I have no idea. I'm really excited. Okay, then. Well, while we're on the subject of positivity and positive channeling of messages, we will play Another Way to Die uh, by Jack White, following which we will have Alva's special surprise. And can I say two things? Number one, there's a bloke I know called Tom who let me stay at his house when I was on my walk. He's listening, so hello, Tom. Uh, But more importantly, loads of people don't like this song, but I think it's really good. Okay, thank you very much. (laughs) It's Another Way to Die by Jack White, as I understand. That is the official theme tune for the new Bond film. And I haven't seen the Bond film, but hopefully it's better than the theme tune for the Bond film, which I thought was pretty rubbish. Um, Everyone's reviewing the Bond film, aren't they? Like, even stations that don't do film reviews are suddenly going, oh, we'll review the Bond I think it's because it's credit crunch. Things like that are so much more exciting now. Um, So, Mark Oliver's still here. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> why Why that pause and giggle? Well, just because I, I kind of thought that you might not like that song. And Rebecca Fox from uh, Chris Evans' show and Fox and Fox, she didn't like it either. Okay, well, you can put me under the Fox column. Um, I didn't like that. So, do you want to introduce your guest? Uh, yes. Uh, now, I am very excited and I'd just like to start talking to him. And then when he reveals his job, I want you to start talking to him. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Hello. Are you there, John? Hi. Hi, Mark. Hello, John. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. And yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm not too bad at all. How is, uh, is Tetbury today? It's um, peaceful as ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Uh, John, uh, John Churchill, obviously. I would like to introduce you to uh, John Richardson. Hello, John Churchill. Hello, John Richardson. How are you? I'm fine. I'm not as well as I would be if I were in Tetbury <laughs> doing a job that I don't know yet. Uh, John, would you like to uh, explain to John, so John Turcher, would you like to explain to John Richardson uh, what you do for a living, please? John, well, my mystery job, I work at Dyson. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was involved throughout the whole project of the Dyson Airblade. Oh, yeah, yeah. You may well be my hero. (laughs) (laughs) You've revolutionised the way men look at going to the toilet. Men actually look forward to going to the toilet because of you. <laughs> I mean, there are a certain number of men who do that anyway, on certain heaths in certain <laughs> London areas. That's not what I mean. So, um, so you what a, a sort of design man? I am a design man. I am, well, we're, we're called uh, design engineers at Dyson because we don't just do the design. We do sort of how the product works as well. So we're kind of a general design engineer man. Were you the project manager of the Dyson Airblade? That's what I, I was. I was, but I was very hands-on involved in the engineering. So. Best way to be with a hand dryer. That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stunning piece. I actually, I must confess, this weekend I had my first um, misidentification of a Dyson Airblade. I was on stage Ooh. at a gig and I heard a noise which I thought was the Airblade and I went on a little five-minute um, rant about it and how good it was and then it turned out it wasn't the Airblade at all. It was some, some sort of new dryer which I didn't like at all. Oh dear. Did it, did it, use, did it work in the same way as the Airblade? Um, no, no, it was just an ordinary, put your hands under it, and you had to push a button. I mean, Jesus, 21st century, I can't be pushing no buttons before I dry my hands. Are you in a position to tell us what the next exciting thing's going to be in, in toilet technology, then? Well, I'd love to, but it's very, very hush-hush. Oh, the, but there is something. is linked into um, our secret nature. So um, we, we, we basically design a lot of future technology. It's really important that we get that patented, because so many people try and copy those ideas yeah 
we want to really keep it really hush hush. So have you already started designing the future? Yeah, we have. We've got, uh, <laughs> many products in um, basically um, we're based down uh, in Malmesbury in Wilkshire, so just down the road from Tetbury, and we've got 350 scientists and engineers who are tasked with looking at the future. And so we've got many, many products, including new air blades and all kinds of other things in uh, development. Is it the sort of thing someone can come and visit your factory in Malmesbury and um, have a look at the future? There's, there's certain elements that we sometimes show to certain people. <laughs> <laughs> Would it's, Sunday it's morning like radio laundry. presenters fall into the category of people who get a sneak view of the future? Or is it just like Johnny Ball and people <laughs> like that? We, we tend to not to show anyone uh, the future. In fact, we wouldn't. We had um, the Queen visit us a couple of years back, and she was she was like, oh, what do you guys do? And we're like, we design the new products. And she's like, can we have a look? And my boss was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that takes some front. I bet the Queen wasn't having that, was she? Do you know who I am? Get a quid out of your pocket, flip it, that's me. Well, well done no, to um, you. Mr. Uh, Mr. Churchill, yes. uh, I think that's the easiest way to uh, stop confusion. Uh, you're aware that the whole kind of Dyson Airblade and John's show, aren't you, that people have been kind of emailing him from all over the world to show them to show him where they've used Dyson Airblade and stuff? We, 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 we are, yes. We're, we're really excited about that and kind of <laughs> very flattered as well as, as engineers. <laughs> We've had people emailing in only this week to reveal... We have a sort of uh, Airblade watch, and people have revealed that um, London's... Um, what's the station that starts with M? Marleybone. Marleybone station yep. have uh, air dryers. Um, so, well, it's been a pleasure meeting you, John. Unfortunately, we have to go to a track uh, before the news. Okay. But, uh, you know, I just I want you and all the people you work with in the future in Tetbury to know that you have literally revolutionised toilet this etiquette. This, this is all we've got. I get you the best guest ever, yeah. and you're going to go to a rubbish song. Well, it's not you're a not rubbish even song. where the idea came from. It came from the future. Were you not listening? <laughs> These people deal in a realm that we just can't understand, Mark, here in the past in Swindon. We don't know the future. If we That's knew the future, true. it would become the present. We're not allowed to look at these things. Um, but, yeah, I'm not a man who likes to talk to people in the toilet, but since the advent of the Dyson Airblade, I'm pleased to say I've spoken to my fair share of strangers. Um, <laughs> after ev- af- between men. <laughs> after everything's been done and dusted and tucked away again, not sort of initially, but... Um, Shall we play this, or shall we, um... Yeah, we'll go go straight into the news. So, um, we do have 30 seconds to say a proper thank you and goodbye. Do you know when the future will be coming out? Um, we, 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 um, we can't really tell you that, unfortunately. Well, we'd like it to be a surprise. Well, it will be. Well, we'll just know that if I'm still employed by the BBC, which, you know, is is touch and go, then whatever comes out of the future will be discussed at great length on this show. Thank you very much, John Churchill. Thank you very much. Take care and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks, John. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Thank you to you, Mark Oliver, for sourcing another cracking guest. That was a good one, wasn't it? That was an absolute cracker, yeah. Um, I'm pleased with myself. And are you going to go away and get another one for next week? I've already got something lined up for next week. Oh, unbelievable. Well, you keep it coming, mate. Um, that was a smashing chat. And uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And as you've been warned by the Six Music listenership, don't go shouting at people just because okay. they're doing their jobs. All right, mate. Sorry. Bye. Bye. Take care of yourself. Um, that was Mark Olver and John Churchill, who invented the future and is the reason that going to the toilet is once again fun. Uh, it's 10.30 now. It's time for the BBC News. Be the one that was uh, by the Ting Tings coming out of the news. Uh, not my, you know, good news report, that, but... Uh, 
I prefer it when things go a little bit wrong. This is my favourite uh, clip from the news this week. This happened last night on Radio 2. Severe gales will, ga- gales will ease. <laughs> that was a uh, news reporter trying to say gales and saying gays. And uh, that, I nearly had to pull over my car, being as I am a very juvenile man. Um, people texting in again about hole in the wall while we're on the subject of uh, juvenilia and being an idiot. Uh, apparently Vanessa Feltz was on it again last night. So... That'll be me on iPlayer when I get bickering for my gig this evening, watching a fat lady get knocked into a pond. Um, and Chris in Northern Ireland says he forgot to put his clocks back, which I don't believe that anyone ever does. You'd, I've never met anyone before who's actually forgotten to put their clocks back. It's one, it's, I don't understand who knows. I'm a bit of a bumpkin, but I'd, is it always on the same day, or does it, is it one of the things that changes every year? There seems to be just like one nan who remembers every year. I think one nan just decides when we're going to do it, because no one else knows. And she phones all her friends and says, oh, don't forget clocks back. And because no one else knows, they go, oh, yeah, yeah, clocks back. And then everyone starts telling everyone else as if they invented it and they knew. Um, but, yeah, clocks back. So it's actually, what is it now, 11.38, 20 to 12 uh, in the real life. I heard someone talking about saving road accidents by reordering time yesterday. They reckon if we put the clocks back twice in the summer and stayed as we are now, there would be fewer accidents because it would be lighter when people are driving home from work. And I'm an absolute sucker for road safety. You know, I love all that. But even I was thinking, you can't reorder time just because people can't pay attention when they're coming back from the office. It's ridiculous. Um, so what I'd like to talk about today, today's little uh, chat that we can have. I, yesterday, had an absolutely smashing day. I went, to, uh, I was at Ellen Road for Leeds United's absolute demonition of uh, Walsall. 3-0, unbelievable game. And uh, going to the game, I was very nervous because... Um, I supported Leeds for a long time and I haven't been to the ground and when I used to go I went with my dad uh, and we would get a coach across with friends and it was all very nice and I wondered how protected I'd been from what I'm now led to believe is uh, um, essential football violence at every game it's necessary to be racist and an idiot and I'm pleased to say there was none of it which really made my day because my absolute dream and I think I've mentioned this before, is to uh, own a pub in the Peak District and commute to games at Ellen Road. And yesterday I had a little sniff of my dream. I was sat having a pie and a pint in the Leeds United Club bar uh, before we went through to the game, and I had a little glow um, that you can only get when you're, you, you sort of validates what you're working towards. So what I'd like to know, it's quite a personal question, but if you'd like to share your, your ultimate dream with us on 64046, music at bbc.co.uk, they can be absolutely realistic or as pie in the sky unachievable as you like um, and hopefully as a community by saying it out loud we can maybe help a few people's uh, dreams get a little bit closer. I'm very excited now that mine mine is real and I don't need to be scared of going to Ellen Road on my own anymore. I sat next to some lovely people, we had some smashing banter um, we didn't really talk to each other throughout the duration of the game except when the goals went in and they went that was good and I went yeah, ooh, Bayek because I wanted them to think I was from Yorkshire um, so texting your dreams what we'll also do uh, in the next half hour before we're joined by Sarah Milliken, we'll try and pick out any of the best papers uh, from uh, this morning's news. So if you have any stories that you'd like to share, uh, the usual channels for those. Now, this is a song uh, I heard uh, last week. I do gigs sometimes on Sunday nights and I'm very often in a bad mood because I do the show and then I do the podcast and then I drive uh, to various places in the country. I was driving into Birmingham last week in a bit of a grump and it was grey and wet. And this song came on the radio, and I'm not going to lie to you, I sung like I've never sung before, and I really, really enjoyed myself, and I thought, oh, what a shame, I can't play that kind of song on my show, because, you know, it's not very six music. And then I thought, 
No, I thought songs don't belong to radio stations, they belong to people. And this one's mine, and I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. So starting here with a little slice of cheese on the beans on toast of life, uh, this is some erasure, and I hope you take it in the spirit it is intended. A little respect by erasure, a little a little cheese, a little joy, a little magic spread across the world. Um, feedback. Ah, there we go. People, I love this song. Thank you, thank you, Liz and Leeds, singing at the top of my voice. Fantastic song, no need to feel ashamed, uh, says uh, John. Uh, Harry, in York, there is an episode of Scrubs in which the cast starts singing this Erasure song at different parts of the episode. Thought that might be of interest to you, Harry, in York. I've never got into Scrubs. I saw the entire West Wing box set of everything ever. It's 50 quid in a number of places this week, and I didn't know whether that was good or bad. It's a... Buying a box set, you've really got to know you're going to get into something. Because someone bought me the Curbed Your Enthusiasm box set, like seven series, and I watched the first like four episodes and did my head in. Um, so, <laughs> joining me on the line to uh, discuss the magical news appearing today is Amy in Sheffield. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hello, I'm fine, thanks. Are you? Yes, I'm smashing. Um, good banter already, look. The Yorkshire accent's cracking, isn't it? It's a really uplifting... I was, we were watching uh, in the Leeds bar, we were watching the Sunderland game and a certain player fouled a certain other player and in a really Yorkshire accent, the guy next to me, hey, he always were a cheating sod. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I do like the Yorkshire accent, but um, I'm actually from Manchester. So, are you? Yeah, yeah, so I, I, if I sound like I'm from Yorkshire, then it's just seeped in over the years. So. Okay. <laughs> um, I think there's massive seepage there. Oh, God. I'll describe <laughs> Manchester. Um, so, you're at uni in Sheffield or working no, in Sheffield? I work in Chesterfield. Um, I did go to uni in Sheffield, though, in Sheffield Hallam. And then you stuck around? Yeah. Um, what do you do? Um, I'm a solicitor. Wow. Uh, yeah, Proper job. Well, yeah. this fascinates me because on, on the little uh, email thing that you filled out through the website, you say that your paper of choice tends to be the mail. Yeah, just for um, just for the general sensationalism in it, really. You know, every story sort of made ten times worse or ten times better just from uh, the uh, you know the language that's used. And I think they tend to take a story that everyone's reporting anyway, and then just blame it on people from a different country, do. and that's yeah. that's the formula. Yeah, it Normal. just makes you slightly scared to walk out the door in the morning, doesn't it? When you read things like that. So. Yeah, well, especially <laughs> as a solicitor, you must deal with some, uh, you know. Fairly horrific things dated. Or do you do the sort of copyright law and all that? I do uh, wills and probate and things like that. So general little old ladies and things. Ah, okay. So (laughs) the male readers that are actually scared to leave the house and are convinced they're going to die in the next week, they come to you and sort out who's going to get the Nintendo Wii. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) But you're not reading the mail today. No, no. I chose um, something a bit more upmarket today. I chose (laughs) the Observer. Oh, nice. Um, so, trying to educate myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, isn't uh, it, that solicitors are the people who sort of think they should educate themselves and that people who are probably lying in a ditch somewhere having got drunk will wake up this morning sure that they are kings of the world and yeah, no need true. to self-improve <laughs> whatsoever. Um, so what, what's, the, what's the big story that's taken your eye? Well, um, out of all the credit crunch and um, American election yeah. fever that's sort of rife in the paper, I chose... Um, the fact that the corkscrew at Alton Towers is shutting down. Okay. Um, so, because it's 
well, I suppose it's quite personal to a lot of people, but me and my sister went on the corkscrew when we were like 14, 15, and there's just a smashing picture of us with screaming, hair flying back, and it's like one of my favourite pictures. <laughs> so um, I was quite upset to read it, really. That it's like losing a family member. Like losing, a, like losing a family member or something. It is, yeah. The way it describes it, it's like talking about it like it's a little old lady, <laughs> you know, sort of being put out to pasture. A little old lady that regularly takes teenagers and whirls them round its head until they yeah. vomit and then yeah. shows them pictures of it afterwards. Quite a vicious old lady. Yeah, well, quite vicious. But then it's, it's sat next to the Rita Queen of Speed ride. It's for anyone who's been to Alton Towers. <laughs> right. Um, it's right next to that one. So it kind of looks on pathetic while everyone's queuing up for Rita and um, yeah I think that's um, one of the reasons why it's being sort of closed down it doesn't offer enough thrills anymore so okay well I think you know Rita Queen of Speed again said in that accent does give it a certain extra gloss I think when they devised <laughs> the road they probably got some voiceover guy in from America Rita Queen of Speed but the reality yeah. of it is but, ah, we're on that Rita Queen of Speed <laughs> Queen of Sheba, more like. You don't know what she's... I was in Birmingham last week. Did you Did you hear the story, Amy, that they're rebranding uh, Pizza Hut as Pasta Hut for well, a short I, time? No, I didn't know they were doing it. And me and my sister saw one in Manchester and wondered what was going on. So. Yeah. Um, uh, no, what is it? What's the story? Well, apparently they've, they've got a new range of pastas coming out, so as a sort of tiny gimmick. And I say tiny gimmick, you know this has been thought about by management people at several levels. Someone got paid a lot of money to come oh, up with yeah, it. Oh, yeah, they'll have been uh, bubble charts and everything, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the reality of it is I was in a little fish and chip shop in Birmingham last Sunday night and I, an advert came on and the one behind the counter just looked at the other member of staff there and said, I'll tell you what, you wouldn't get your pizza out for pasta, would you? I just the disdain and simplicity of it. Hours and hours of management talk. Just, I wouldn't go to pizza hut for pasta, and that's the end of it. No, no, they're simple, isn't it? Yeah. Simple pizza. It does what it says on the tin. Pizza. Yeah. So, um, are they going to replace the corkscrew with anything, or is it just gone? No, they're well. They're dismantling it. Um, they're closing um, closing Alton Towers next Sunday, but then the Sunday after they're having like, a special day where everyone can ride the corkscrew before it's dismantled. Oh, okay. But I think they're keeping like the essence of the corkscrew. They're keeping the loops. They're going to keep that there for posterity. I think so. Um, yeah, so it won't all be gone. Oh, so there'll be a shell of it then. It's kind yeah. of like that plastination. It's dead, but you can still go and, you know, yeah, go, go up at it. Yeah, point and a stair and... Yeah. Well, thank you for raising uh, raising the attention of the listeners. If you want to go and ride the corkscrew, you've officially got a week left. Um, yeah. So maybe we'll organise a little six music day out. We'll get a coach trip together and we'll all go and... I was going to say we'll go and screw together, but we probably won't do no, that. No, no, it's not the best. That would get some very <laughs> negative press. But um, thank you, Amy. Are you doing anything special for the rest of your Sunday? Um, well, going back to Manchester to my mum's for a, a Sunday road. Oh, so yeah. That'd be amazing. M62, past that weird little house in the middle of the motorway. Um, no, no, we're going over the Snape Pass, so going to oh. take our life in our hands and go over there. Take your life in your own hands in this weather. Well, drive very carefully. Uh, love to your mother and whatever... Oh, she'll love that. ...whatever meat she's roasting today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Thanks for joining Thank in. You. Have a smashing day. Thank take care of yourself. Great. Bye. Bye-bye.
Uh, that was Amy in Sheffield, uh, and for that cracking news, we will dedicate the next song to her, which after this trail will be Suzanne Vega. That was Bruises by Chairlift. Uh, new, very good. Um, and instant, I like the combination of the song title with the band name, creates a hilarious image of old people being whizzed up the stairs slightly too fast and coming a cropper at the top, uh, having watched uh, an hour and a half of You've Been Framed when I got in from my gig last night with Mr. Matt Ford. Um, so with that song, disappears the end of the first hour of the show as well um in which we uh we chatted to a man uh john churchill involved with the design and implication of the dyson airblade and we've had a cracking text to round that up uh from scott in renfrewshire on the subject of dyson airblades i'd not seen one until a couple of weeks ago when i was in berlin my mate Mark came back from the gents in a bar in a state of utter excitement. This wasn't for the sort of reason that you might expect. He said that he just used a hand dryer like no other he had ever encountered. That's how good it is. It makes you speak like you're in a space film. Um, I was delighted to have finally experienced an airblade and listen to this for a bit of unnecessary philosophical thought about drying your hands. Before you've used one, you simply have to believe that it will work. Once you've used one, nothing else comes close. From Scott uh, in Renfrewshire. And we've uh, we've revealed the news that the corkscrew in Alton Towers is to be closed. Uh, the paper story that I uh, was taken by today is in The Independent. It says liquid cigarettes to be launched. A soft drink company is claiming to offer the same nicotine fix as a cigarette uh, and will launch in the UK. Cans of liquid smoking... Um, offers smokers an alternative to shivering outside bars and restaurants. We've got a product that has the same effect as nicotine, but which you can drink in restaurants and on flights, says Martin Hartman of the United Drink and Beauty Corporation. First thought is that's going to taste rank. That's, there's no way you can mask the taste of nicotine, surely, in a drink. Um, and it's, it's a fascinating... Because sort of the, the smoking ban was brought in as a way of sort of ending smoking that was the well that was so the government said that it was a way of trying to stop it and all it's done is really made ultra militant people who do smoke now to the point where that has become a feasible alternative i thought the fact of smoking why it was so addictive was the the social element of it and the fact that you could have one in a bar and you're chatting with your friends the idea of knocking back a can of smoke seems utterly ridiculous to me i can't believe that will take off but if you have any thoughts you know uh, how to get in touch this is friendly fires that is uh, paris by friendly fires it's john richardson on six music it's five past eleven that's what we call a time check um, someone's been in touch about the old Pasta Hut Pizza Hut saga. I work at Pasta Hut. They've actually only changed 12 stores to be called that, but all the others are the same. The name will never stick, and the amount of people who ask, is Pizza Hut changing, uh, is irritating. And the answer I've decided to use is no, it's just a dirty gimmick uh, from Ben in Bournemouth, who's shortly to lose his job at uh, Pizza Hut in Bournemouth. I'm joined now, delighted to say, by Sarah Milliken. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm well. You're smiling and good, and that's nice. I'm t- technically on holiday now. How are you? Yeah, I'm having a few days off. So okay. This is the beginning of my holiday, so that's why I'm smiling. Oh, well, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Um, yeah, um, I don't know what you usually get up to on holiday, but the BBC have policies about drinking, nakedness and swearing, which oh, well, is pretty that's... much why I go on holiday. <laughs> I don't know. Does nakedness all the time? Just, do you never wear clothes? You're not allowed holiday? to be naked anywhere at the BBC. No, but is that what you do on holiday? Just never wear oh, clothes? Oh, never wear clothes. No, no. <laughs> that's why I have to go so far away. Do you, do you holiday alone as well? <laughs> I do everything alone, Sarah. If there's one you thing you know... I feel a little bit sick. A little bit of sick just came up. That's why I was gagging there, sorry. <laughs> okay, so I believe you've got to be off. So, uh, <laughs> ten past eleven. Um, how are you in real life? Excited, then? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're having a few days in a nice fancy hotel in London and um, and going to go and see some really cheesy shows and stuff. So. Oh, nice. Which ones? Um, I want to go and see Dirty Dancing because I'm right. A I bet you do. <laughs> that you, you obviously haven't seen it. I was no. Ask for a recommendation of a show that you might have seen. Well, I don't think you can go far <laughs> wrong with Phantom. Well, to be honest, I was I was wondering if you'd seen any shows because they're an awfully upbeat thing to do, aren't they? Oh, I'm quite the uh, I'm quite the camp showman. <laughs> um, I've seen Cats. Th- Four times. It's rubbish. I saw Cats Whoa! I was about 15 and it was rubbish. <laughs> what are you doing? They didn't even do things that cats do. They do. They sing. All cats sing. <laughs> um, they sing about Maybe the moonlight a, and the leaves in the gutter. And I had a bizarrely mute cat when I had a cat then in that case. Yeah, well, you had a. Maybe your cat was just depressed because you kept slagging it off. <laughs> um, Phantom's amazing. Really? Oh, it's an unbelievable experience. Really? If if I thought I could get, sadly, I've already used up my goodwill this morning by playing Erasure. Um, uh, otherwise, I'd try and slip something in from Phantom of the Opera. Just what about to... Wicked? Everybody says Wicked's good. Is Wicked good? Oh, yeah. Very good. Really? Have is you been to see all the shows? Have you seen... is amazing. Really? Is Dirty Dancing good? Is it? Cause it... I've not gone that low. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Adam, a man in shorts and flip-flops, saying, oh, no, no, you have to draw the line He's somewhere. standards. They're quite low, clearly, but he has got standards. A dirty Dancing is, I think, the ultimate in male-female divide, isn't it? Because most things, you can kind of see elements of what both... But Dirty Dancing, if you're a man, just holds no but attraction. But my, um, my sister's a girl, so we'll be all right. Is she? My sister's a girl. <laughs> well done. <laughs> We've stumbled on some sort of genetic... <laughs> We've got so much in common, John. Yeah, we should be wearing lab coats. <laughs> um, all right, then. So um, we'll get you settled in and we'll get you a cup of tea because you've just got in. So we'll have a cup of tea. And then we're chatting about um, dreams for the future. Oh, so not, oh, I thought you meant dreams that I might have had. Not I, weird I, I, dreams. Clive Anderson died the, about four nights ago. Okay. Um, but he hadn't, thankfully. No, he's still around. I was at his funeral and nobody knew why, and it was because I was due to go on his show. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'd lost a job. <laughs> um, but anyway. I've um, met Clive Anderson. Oh, have you? He's a lovely man, isn't he's he? He's lovely, yes. He loves a chat. Mm, he's like got him. very hairy ears. He's got, he? oh, I, I didn't get as close as you, obviously. <laughs> oh, I was, well, I sat right next to him on a couch on the Fred McCauley show in Scotland, and he has got the hairiest ears I've ever seen. Do you think he's doing that on purpose? Do you think he's growing them? Oh, well, I, I, it's one of those, I think he's just Clive Anderson. Who's going to say to Clive, no. you've got a little bit of fur. Well, I say a little bit. You've got massive bits of fur. Is it fur or actually, like, wiry? It looks like caterpillars coming out <laughs> the side oh, of his head. Locked. But he's, oh. it's kind of nice. It's kind of like to know that you could not only stroke the top of Clive Anderson, but you could also stroke the flanks. And that would be <laughs> an equally pleasant experience. He said to me, yes, you've got that wonderful ability of being able to think and speak at the same time. Whose voice was that? Clive Anderson. <laughs> right, you and me are going to have a chat, young lady, uh, while craft work is going on. I'm going to do some tidying up in the studio. It's going to be 50 style. Endless by craft work. I have an apology to make to Mr. Clive James, who has smashing ears. Uh, honestly, you could, no, you could eat your Anderson dinner off him. Ears. Which one is which? <laughs> Why don't they just do a show together and just call it Clive? And then this, I'm, do, I think I'm getting Clives. Alzheimer's. <laughs> I did this last week, didn't I? Confused someone, and I go off on these big rants, and then it's horrible when you do that. I'll tell you something someone said to me, and then you play a record. You know, all of that was rubbish. <laughs> oh yeah, it's all about that. Um, so dreams. I was asking if people would share their dreams, uh, real ones or pie in the sky ones, okay. and generally gone for the latter. 
Um, Film Guy Lee, who's a regular listener, says, I've got far too many dreams, both practical to ridiculously unattainable. Uh, For example, I'd like to own a house with my girlfriend. That's a dream. That seems achievable. Or I'd like to live in a castle full of porn stars. Um... Is his girlfriend still lay with the porn stars as well? Is she, like, hovering around them? He doesn't go into it, and nor does he specify whether they're male or female porn stars. So it could just be that he's just living with a load of hunky guys wandering with around. tashes. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live in a castle with a load of male porn stars and my girlfriend. That, that you know... It's an OCD's nightmare, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just whip around with these antibacterial wipes before we go any further? Um, John, my dream involves Fiona Bruce, Lauren Laverne and myself in a vat of jelly beans. Given that you work at the BBC, can you fix it for me to have this come true? I can draw you a picture if it helps visualise. I'm picturing it. Well, I don't know Matt in Gloucester. I don't know what you look like, but to be honest, not a real relevance. Um, does but it, no, I does can't. Does vat have to be liquid? Oh. Sorry to be pedantic, but in that case, wouldn't it just be a massive jar of jelly beans? Um, or like a bathtub. Yeah, a bath of jelly beans would work. Um, I don't know if a vat has to be liquid. Matt Ford, who was quick enough to point out that I was wrong about Clive Anderson and James, does a vat have to be liquid? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up! <laughs> that, is, that is official. Hooray. A vat does have to be... It's interesting, now that you've set me thinking now, because obviously my brain thinks I'm sort of the future where food's concerned, and you could have jelly beans that were actually like baked beans that were in some kind of liquid that you poured into a pan and heated up and poured over... Some sort of something. You Lauren could... Laverne, clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and Lewis Clough in Nottingham. My dream is to go into space, meet some aliens, and show them around the home of football, which is the city ground in Nottingham. Love to your mothers. That would be tragic if we did eventually find aliens and the first thing they thought was Nottingham Forest's home ground. You, you were mentioning briefly that your dreams used to involve Philip Schofield. Yes, in a sort of marriage capacity. I could imagine that. I mean, I know Gary, who you're with, and he's a wonderful man, but I just imagine you and Philip Schofield just giggling at an innuendo. This was on the news yesterday, and this had me giggling for about three weeks. Severe gaze will, gay, gales will ease. That was yesterday's... We- oh, sorry, oh, you didn't I hear that. I headphones on, so the, 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 sure it was brilliant. The weather lady <laughs> meant to say, I'll play again. Severe gaze will... Gay, gales will ease. <laughs> now I've got it. There you go. So that's the sort of thing that... Because, you know, I catch this morning every now and again, and basically at 10 o'clock they'll do something like that, and then him and Fern will just giggle for the next three hours. But you see, it would be... If I got married to him, it would be like Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise, because she had posters of him on her wall when she was a teenager, and I had posters... I was, like, Athena's biggest customer. Because <laughs> uh, that was when he lived with Gordon the Gopher in the flat. Yeah. Know, they had a telly show about where they lived and stuff. Yeah. But then he got married, and I was only 12, so... He was in a musical. If if I had invented a time oh. machine, you could have taken your sister to go back in time and watch Philip Schofield and Jason. Oh, Joseph. I, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, he was going to be Jason. in Jason Donovan, which is kind of why... That's like when you pass on the baton um, of the role. <laughs> I'm just, oh, just not going to... It's just like, it's like troubleshooting. It's like problem spotting here. It is, isn't it? It really is. I'm just not going to say any names <laughs> for the rest of the show. Um, so what is what is your dream, Alan? Sarah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, 
I don't know because um, because some of my dreams have involved comedy and and like I did my I just did my first weekend at the comedy store and that was always going to be a dream someday I'll be able to play the comedy store yeah. and I just did it and that was ace. Um, but I think um, I'd like to get to that point where I could just sit on a sofa and people would still send me money because at the minute I can't <laughs> go out and earn it. Yeah, and that's not as much fun. But I would like a cat. Oh, I'd love a cat. <laughs> I can't, sorry, I just got really excited. Um, I can't have a cat because my boyfriend's allergic and also I don't really have the kind of lifestyle where I could have a cat. So afterwards we split up which it's a bit mean and it's you don't always have something to look forward to at the end of a relationship but you know i'm just going to text people and go i've got a cat now and they'll know that i've split that's cold yeah fair enough and that's going to be you're going to be straight into the relationship with that cat as well there's no so what if it's a horrible cat it won't cats aren't horrible all cats are lovely apart from those ones on on the stage singing in (laughs) bloody musical i watched a cat montage on uh you've been framed last night and i don't like them whenever you go okay now we're going to cats that's my impression of clive anderson clive james alan partridge harry hill all rolled into one they're all the (laughs) same person in my head um and it's all cats jumping at the camera and, oh, isn't it funny when the kid's playing with the cat and then the cat scratches its face off? It's not yeah. funny. That's nasty. Well, no, but, but playing with a cat is nasty if you're poking it and stuff. You've got to be gentle. Is it, is it if you don't like cats because they don't like you? Because that's often <laughs> what happens. Do, do cats hiss and... If you replace the word you? cats with people, oh, then you've women. kind of summed up my <laughs> philosophy on life there. Um... <laughs> No, I, yeah, I just don't trust cats. They've got evil little faces and they're always, they're, their whole attitude is kind of, yeah, I'm here for now. But so do you like dogs because they're obedient? I like dogs because they love you. Yeah, unconditionally. How rubbish is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be loved unconditionally? I do. to be conditions. <laughs> well, this is a fascinating debate we can have. Cats or dogs, uh, 64046. Oh, they're just evil, nasty, horrible things. Um... So, uh, this is a song that you've picked. Um, would you like to introduce it? In a, yeah. Have you ever done a sort of cheesy DJ voice? It's no. quite good fun. Uh, do you want it? Well, no. No? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is the only voice I can do and it's horrible. Um, <laughs> no, um, this is a song that I play on the way home from gigs late at night when I'm driving. And it, it, it's nice and it makes me feel like I'm looking forward to being at home. Okay, after a trail for Stephen Merchant, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Homeward bound. And, and, and aren't we all home together? The listeners and producer Adam and Jenny and Sarah I and me. I Manchester. No, and we just discussed <laughs> that you, you would never move further south than Manchester. No, uh, because, it, well, it, it's a family thing as well, because my, my parents are disabled. You're not from the north, are you? <laughs> oh, I guess. It doesn't come across. Um, <laughs> shut up. I'm common <laughs> and I've got this squeaky bloody voice. No, um, my parents are disabled, so I don't really want to be. It's two and a half hours drive yeah. where I am now, and I think any further would be a bit scary. And also, I don't really. I like London, but I like it in short bursts. I don't really want to sort of stick Three to it. days, in, out, musicals. Yeah, exactly. Slag off a mate on his own show, reveal that you don't want to be loved, and then go back up north again. Exactly. Um, More dreams. This is a cracker from Robin Birmingham. My dream is to live in a little house in the country and produce all my own food so that I don't need to buy anything from supermarkets. Maybe I'm getting boring as I grow older, but that's what I'd like to do. I don't think that's boring at all. I think that's lovely. But does that imply he's going to be vegetarian or he's going to kill animals? Well, he says uh, a la Fernley Whittingstall's River Cottage, so he probably does mean that he's going to kill some animals. (gasps) But then you look look after them more, don't you? You have two years of, you know, like, have the cat, and then the minute it turns on you, bang, cat pie for dinner. (laughs) Cat pie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, you're, are you a foodie? This is something I ask most no, people. No, I who come eat in. food because if I don't, I'll die. Yeah, again, you've stumbled on something quite, 
quite important there. You're quite the biochemist. <laughs> All sisters are female. That has been revealed as a fact. And if you don't eat food, you'll die. No, that's the reason why I eat food. I don't eat food because I like it. If I could take, if somebody gave me a tablet, like on, um, you know, one of these uh, sort of Tomorrow's World type programs, they invented a tablet that you could take the tablet and that would give you everything you needed and you wouldn't have to eat food, then I would take the tablet because wow. it just, yeah, it just wastes time. You don't ever enjoy the process. I mean, like last night, I went for a little meal on my own. I had a little glass of red, uh, a calzone, folded pizza with all meat and cheese it's and tomato. It's isn't it? It's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was well happy, sat there nibbling. But you would see that as a, let's get this inside me so I can go exactly. out shopping can I have or the bill when you bring the food or... to the table? <laughs> okay, I'm but gone. your boyfriend cooks well. I imagine he finds that a great frustration if he... Oh, no, I enjoy his food. Right. Because it just feels... Because you feel like you have to. No, no. Mm, that was tasty. Right, what are we doing now? (laughs) 25 minutes it cost me eating that. He literally eats food within four or five minutes. He can eat a meal. He's very, very quick. He He likes taking time to prepare it. Right. But we just eat really quickly. So he doesn't have a problem with me eating quickly as well. So. Okay. I eat very slowly. I like to savour every mouthful. And I have a whole range of different glasswares. I like the right drink out of the right mug. Are you like that? I like tea out of a little thin mug. I like coffee out of a big, heavy mug. I like little ports out of my little port glasses. And I've got brandy You've got a glasses. a lot of spare time, haven't you? I have got a lot of spare and a lot time. Of crockery. I've got a lot of crockery. I'm, I'm <laughs> looking to move at the moment. And the kitchen is a big factor. It's gone. <laughs> This is going to have to spread. I got given a um, La Cruze casserole dish, which might mean nothing to you, not being yeah. a foodie. But it's, is it's that nice. Good? Well, it's the casserole dish that I know will be with me longer than any relationship. <laughs> I'll still have that casserole dish well into my pensioner days. Um, we will get some roots manoeuvre in before the news, uh, and then we will carry on discussing dreams and aspirations and cats and musicals and all the joyous things we've been discussing with the wonderful Sarah Millican after this. Oh, miss a beat there. <laughs> of course I didn't. Um, that was never miss a beat by the Kaiser Chiefs, which is why I did what I did. Um, and that was the news, and it's uh, 11.39, and uh, we've got uh, Sarah Millican still in the studio. Despite, still? That sounds like... Despite you. some very horrible things you've said. What have I said? What, uh, you've slagged off the musicals I like. <laughs> I showed you my new bra, and you said it was horrible. They're too low. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like it. Are they comfy? Do you like them resting on your belly? That's what I used to have. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just clear this up now. I don't have sagging breasts because it's you but know. You do have a bra. And you wouldn't need. No, I don't have a bra on either. I don't. Although I sometimes do wear t-shirts that are too small for me deliberately because it feels like getting a hug. Oh, oh I imagine God. it's the same with a bra. That's so sweet. I imagine it feels like somebody <laughs> hugging your breasts all day, which I'm sure is a service you can find. There's perverts everywhere. Um, quite a few of them email the show. We had a load of emails settling the old cats thing. Cats versus dogs. We put the we put the feelers out, and the listeners have replied. Put the whiskers out. Do you see what I did? Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah. I um, someone emailed in a clip of a cat that um, tried to uh, eat a, a lit candle and burnt its whiskers off uh, the other week. Which, really? I mean, Was that's that just hilarious. Did well, that, it's just that stupid, isn't it? In doorways but, that now. Well, not doorways. Obviously. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A massive cat to get stuck in a doorway. Tiny doorway. Yeah, there was a picture of a horse stuck in a tree. Did you see that? No. That was in Who quite a lot the of the papers. The, the horse climbed into the tree. Oh, the horse was drunk because it, it had eaten some apples that had um, gone. They were rotting, so they were fermenting. Okay. And it had got drunk and stuck its head in the tree, maybe, to get more of the apples <laughs> and got stuck. Oh, that's a good story. Did it have a kebab as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just came out. It's going. It's just not worth it. Um, that was rubbish. 
My cats wee on my skybox. They are evil and deserve to die, from Jim in Sheffield. Um, so Can that's... we ring the RSPCA about him now? Uh, why don't we ring uh, Sky and have, you know, human rights? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dogs versus cats. I'm doing a little TikTok, so that's one nil dogs. Um, this text come in, cats, they can give a rewarding relationship. Although my brother's cat was 100% psycho, it would go for your ankles on a good day. Otherwise, they are wonderful companions. You can't do both. It's, I mean, in this day and age, you can't just say, oh, you know, I remember once I got home and my cat didn't assault me, you know, which really made up for yeah, all the times it scratched. one cat is annoying and the rest of them are lovely. That's what he's saying. And that's the same for people, well, not one person, but that's the same for dogs. They're all you know, horrible dogs as well, mangy ones that have been to <laughs> rot by people who don't really love them. They're yeah, so that's people's fault, isn't it? No, but but you can love a cat and it'll still go at you. They're probably bite, a bit bitey. No, dogs. no dog has ever done anything wrong. That is a fact. I got bitten by a dog when I was about seven. Oh, you're making this up. No, no, I didn't. I had a scar, but it's gone. <laughs> scars don't go, do they? Maybe it wasn't that a That is the definition the of scars. <laughs> that is medical fact number three. Oh, wow. <laughs> scars don't go away. science. So I'll give you that then. That's cats. One all. Uh, dogs. My dog jumps up to look out of the window and only barks at insurance men. Cats only want to see you if you have food. What if he was an insurance man? That wouldn't be very good, would it? No. Um, no, I get, yeah. But um, I'm trying to buy a house at the moment and it's horrible because estate agents really judge you because it's a lot of repossessions about and you go and look around houses and even estate agents are going, I can't believe you're doing this, you despicable human, you horrible person. And you think, you created this mess by yeah. telling people their houses were worth more. Um, my cat is evil. He ambushed me from behind a curtain, Joe in Leeds. Three one dogs at the moment. Yeah, but, but these are people who have cats, so they obviously like them at some point, but they maybe just picked Well, exactly. This is, a, this is a tale of foreboding for you. You're someone who wants a cat, and maybe you should have second thoughts. Hi, John. Cats are rubbish. Fact. <laughs> um, at the end. At I the used end to put... No, yeah. <laughs> Cats art rubbish, Joe, age eight, from Tumbridge Wells. Thanks for your text. Um, I used to put out my sister's cat. She shouldn't have set fire to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to put out my sister's cat at night. It defecated on the bonnet of my Mazda 626 at midnight from Clive. At midnight? Yeah. <laughs> it did that it had a little watch on. <laughs> oh, it's time! Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it just it thought it was a rubbish car. I think it's uh, possibly a callback. I mean, there are a number of callbacks here. The midnight, I think, is a callback to the musical Cats. Midnight. Oh, okay. Another sound from the... And oh, Clive God, is a call... that painful. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought... I'm just trying to move my career in a different direction. And it would really Downwards. be nice if people would help me out a little <laughs> Downwards. bit. Downwards. <laughs> Um, and, and Clive is a callback to the fact that I think everyone is called Clive. One text just says cats and nothing else. So I'll give you that one. That's 4-2. Um, and that's it. So there we go. 4-2. Four 4-2 two. Four two to dogs. So, so you're not allowed a cat. Well, that's, I'm not allowed one anyway because I'm not allowed one in the flat. I've got a boyfriend who's allergic. No, but even when you break up with Gary now. Really? You're not allowed a cat. You won't the know. listeners of Six have Music have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> That is called mental illness, and it's no laughing matter. Pretend you won't. Have you met my cat? Put it away, and put your clothes back on, Miss Milliken. <laughs> Have you ever been to Greg's before? No Mules Fool, that was, by family. And you're probably thinking, that had a sort of that had a sort of live feel to it, John. It felt like there was a sort of session that I was missing out on there. <laughs> well done, two points to you. That was recorded for the Top Gear show on Radio 1 on the 28th of July, 1969, which is the year of the first moon landing, is that right? 69? 
I think so. Yeah. So yeah, my sister was born. Is it? Yeah. Right. Does that help? And she's still a woman? Yeah. She's Should we still, phone well, and I check? I haven't spoken to her for a bit, so... <laughs> It'd be great you know. if you met her this afternoon. Hiya. <laughs> my name's now beard. Bert. Um... <laughs> Oh, she came in a Philip cost- Philip Schofield costume. Don't joke about do. things like that. No? No. Okay. <laughs> you never know with the northern families. We all have our own little tweaks, don't we? <laughs> There's one thing that you don't talk about. It's fine to make jokes about Nan, but you don't talk about sister dressing up as Philip Schofield. <laughs> Not since what happened in Christmas 89. Um, the dreams thing... It's sort of, I, I forgot it had the potential to be quite a depressing thing. Billy in Colchester. John, my dream is simply to be happy, but it's so difficult. Um, oh, I, I, mean, I like t- him. He's a good guy. I would say, uh, step one, move out of Colchester. Is that fair? I've only been to the art centre and it was lovely. I've never, okay. I've never been anywhere else. All right then, Billy, move into the art centre. <laughs> yes. I don't know if uh, they've got a spare room you can have. I'm sure they have. Um, when I was little, says Jenny, my dream was to leave the country I live in, but I now work for the local paper. I did leave for three years, but was drawn back. What does it all mean? It's fascinating, the desire to leave your country. You either really strongly feel it, don't you, or you don't. I sort of knew from quite a young age, I think, I just wasn't one of these people who... I was chatting to a friend this week who I I haven't seen for a long time, and he was saying, I think I'm going to go and work in Canada for a bit. And that sort of thing terrifies me. I I struggle to keep a grip on reality and feel like my existence is justified here, but moving away would just shake everything up. I think I'd be terrified. I don't think I ever want to leave I don't Britain. really like going on holiday outside the country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in London on holiday. How wrong is that? Uh, well, yeah, that's, that's a fair <laughs> point. Um, yeah, I think even sort of two weeks away, you start pining for tea and biscuits and Britain and, and the moaning. And I like the bad weather. I like rain and I like locking yourself in a nice country pub when it's raining. And See, I think you would be too happy if you went somewhere else and that would jar. <laughs> <laughs> that would fail my career. Yeah. Yeah. How are you this morning? Smashing. What are you going to do? I really don't know. <laughs> really. This has never happened before. I was taught, my mum told me when I was a kid, if I wanted to have babies, I had to be married first. So I really wanted babies, but I didn't want to be married because boys are rubbish. So I decided to get married, have babies and then get divorced. So even though I haven't done the babies thing, I got divorced. So, you know, at least I'm ticking boxes. <laughs> I'm nailing all of my <laughs> early ambitions. <laughs> How does your mum feel about that? Does she look upon the marriage as a sort of a close thing or does she want you to have babies no she's not really bothered either way she just wants me to be happy and like it's never going to happen because you know if i (laughs) I can't have a cat i'm not going to be able to have a a person this was supposed to be a real sort of positive share your dreams (laughs) and we'll try and make them happen and it's cascading into i'm happy about not having kids that's not a bad thing i'll tell you what i'm looking forward to the day i die then i can really chill out and relax the day Um, before if you knew when you were going to die the day before you'd have a lovely day that day (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what some people would get some very angry emails <laughs> exactly dear sir madam read the entire history of our relationship it's been a total lie um emma in falkirk after being made redundant this week my new dream is for my former company to go under within the week i meet a rich sugar daddy in morrison's who whisks me off to live on his yacht on the south coast of france I would say your odds of finding a rich sugar daddy are small anyway, but Morrison's is probably not the place to look. No, need to step up your, your supermarket, really. Yeah. Need a Marxies. Yeah. A Waitrose. Very few people make their millions on two-for-ones. How did you well, make your offer? maybe that's how they've got millions, because yeah. they, they're quite, you know... Well, that was, that was a lesson I learned as a child. I remember someone saying the reason rich people get rich is because they're tight. Because I was in a car park and I opened the car door and it swung open in the wind and bumped the car and there was no real damage, but it was quite a nice car. And they were like, oh, we're going to sue and we're going to get all the money in the world off you for it in the car. 
and my my family were like, that's what happens you see you want all the money in the world do you have access to all the money in the world i think i give the world off you i give that impression i did have a particularly fetching five four three two one tracksuit that i used to wear uh, <laughs> at night time <laughs> Oh, I miss being young. My dream uh, is to have Adam and Joe sitting by my bed talking as I fall asleep every night. Um, as you basically work with them, can you sort this out? You would be my next choice if not. Well, Oh, second again. <laughs> I'll take second. Second smashing. Third technically because there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my dream is to live in a wooden hut in the beautiful mountains where I was on holiday in Slovakia earlier this year, where I will run a bakery and go on huge walks with my my dog, which I will call Bert. Um, oh, that is lovely. I think I want that dream now. Yeah. Oh, Obviously you can't cat, steal it. Not a dog. She's put PS copyright. So, <laughs> unlucky. Failing that, I want to run an ice cream shop at a really tacky seaside resort like Weston. <laughs> it amazes me, the, the, the difference between the two. There is a real human psychology thing that's kind of, I want this, but failing that, I just want a comfy chair. But I think if everybody had their dreams fulfilled, then there would be far too many bakeries and ice cream shops and there wouldn't be enough places to get your keys cut. <laughs> no. Nobody ever dreams of going, I'm going to have a key cutting shop and I'm going to heal some shoes <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do forever and it's going to be ace. Nobody dreams of that. Do you think there must be really happy key cutters out there? Do you think there's one person who's never tired of the joy of cutting keys? I think the deaf ones must have a brilliant time, but I think anybody else must be. It's just so noisy in there and it smells like boot polish. Yeah, but imagine arriving at work every day and you've got that little mechanical old man in the window who bashes the... <laughs> like uh, a friend. A little Geppetto. That would be smart wouldn't it <laughs> or maybe i'll do that then maybe i'll have a key cutting business round the back of my pub okay all right then well that's that little uh, dream sorted it's nearly time to invite into the studio mr matt ford um who is going to talk to us about fitness are you interested in fitness and health does and it look like i am <laughs> <laughs> well, i've been polishing off the fund and fancy <laughs> Uh, we'll bring Matt in and we'll have a little three-way chat about diet, because um, I think he feels the same way you do about food. He likes it, but he prefers it inside of him rather than outside, and the shorter time between those two states being realised, the better. This is the North Wind Blue South, which um, sounds dirty to me. Sounds like weather. Does it? Yeah. Well, I always have a filthy mind. I was imagining some Shocking. level of flatulence. Um, you know when you swallow a burp? Um, anyway, this is The North Wind Blue South by Headless Heroes. That was The North Wind Blue South by The Headless Heroes. I'm joined by Sarah Milliken. Do you want to say... Hello. Hello, there we go. And uh, a man... You've come into the studio to do a report about your new fitness regime. And before you even said hello, you have been crippled by a fondant fancy. Uh, crippled, for crying out loud. Enabled. Right. Made me feel better now. Yeah, hello. Hello. Sorry, what? mate. Hello, Britain. There Fordy here. Matt Ford. Now, the Back real the reason saddle. to get everyone into the studio all at once um, is because it's Jenny's birthday Woo! today. Um, so we're gonna do. We've got a cake. Um, it's only a little one, but a little birthday cake. Happy birthday, Jenny! Um, and as a special treat, some Roxy music because um, we're told you're a big fan of Roxy music, as is everyone. Um, so a track of your choice from that Roxy music album. Um, put some pressure on you. Track three, same old scene. So this is for our very own Jenny, uh, whose birthday it is today. Are we going to play it now, or are we going to do some more? We'll play it in a minute. We'll play it in a minute. All right, then. Cool. Um, cats have had a late surge on the uh, cat thing. Yay! Having one. 
my cat's always come into the house to be sick, whereas the dog would not dream of doing that, although he does prefer to roll in fox poo. Um, I've got three cats. Two of them are loving and cuddly, and one is a total psycho, but cats are still wicked. The general consensus seems to be that cats are horrible, but that's yeah. kind of what people like about them. Yeah. Are you a cat man, Fordy? Uh, well, I used to live with uh, a mutual friend of all of us, Sean Elmer, who has two cats. Yeah. Uh, they're lovely. I got on all right with them, but they're arrogant little things. And Do you have cats? No, I used oh, to. Good. She's going to have a cat when it all goes wrong. I don't want to cause... Uh, I mean, the sort of... Women that end up living with cats. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, here it comes. Now. Come on, here it on. comes. Bottles of red wine piling up outside, <laughs> cigarette dimps everywhere, and a house full of felines going mad. Is that the sort of women that you normally. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the sort of, you know, the, 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 Come inside. Oh, sort of, almost like the cats are part of this war on men. Well, I like men, and not all of them, clearly. Um, uh, Who's your least Um, favourite? Who's my least favourite man of all time? Yeah. Couldn't possibly say, because you probably know him. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Quality, who is it? (laughs) I'm not going to tell you. I don't drink, though, so the the red wine thing doesn't work. And I wouldn't have 17, I just have the one, and I don't (sighs) smoke. So it would just be like cakes and... Yeah, 40. What no, are you no, on no, about? No, I wasn't having a go at you. Obviously, oh, okay. I was just, just saying. Just women in general. Oh, that's all right. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Misogynistic, then that's fine. Not at all. I'm talking about a type of. Equally, if you want to talk about dogs, then I'll paint you a very nasty picture <laughs> um, about the sort of men who have violent dogs. Go on but, then. Well, skinhead daily mail <laughs> reading, beer swilling fools. Welcome well, to the show. That's quite the first <laughs> link you've had there. Not all dogs. I mean, I'm having to defend what was frankly. A fairly inoffensive comment in the first place about the you know, kind of women who have cats. Yeah, I don't think that was sort of like the sort of queen cat in these houses. You know, what about Cats the Musical? That's something else that we've been disagreed on. I think it's rubbish. Yay! Oh. I win. Ha ha! <laughs> You're against all that sort of stuff. You're Mr. Artistic Integrity, and here you are helping these idiots. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some level of artistic integrity behind I think you take it down a notch. It's there's a level of performance, you know, Wait, singing and dancing. How many times have you seen it? Th- uh, three or four, I can't Is remember. Is there anything else you've seen three or four times? Home Alone I went to see six times at the cinema. I saw Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves five times at the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, though. <laughs> Jesus. What, have, what have you seen? You must Walk ev- the line. I went to see Walk the Line quite a few times. I don't think there's anyone who hasn't seen Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves at least three times. I went to see the five times at the cinema, though. Yeah. I've probably seen it another 20 on, on the yeah, telly. Yeah. Funny! The Goonies, I've watched probably 30 or 40 times. I've never seen The Goonies. You've never seen it? No. It's amazing. Okay. You can get it for like a fiver in HMV at the moment. I'm okay. sure you can. Well, I'll, I'll or anywhere else. Someone was talking. Zavi, wherever, I don't know. <laughs> Someone was talking on the radio this week about ways to get around the credit crunch, and they said, don't go to the cinema, go and watch his blockbuster. Get yourself down to the uh, your local park. DVD outlet. <laughs> don't go down to the park. Uh, Fordy will be down there, <laughs> jogging, naked. Um, and cats. get out a good <laughs> traditional... 80s family film, a good John yeah. Candy film or something like that, and they said it really takes you back to a better time. My friend told me the other day that she really wants to see Soul Man again because she thinks it's probably not acceptable now. Remember Soul Man? Did no. you watch Soul Man? I know nothing oh, of it. Oh, Soul see, Man. Thomas Howell. I've never seen it. Oh, it was at the time I thought it was brilliant, but it's about um, a, a, a student who really wants to get a scholarship, right. so he takes 
loads of tannin pills <laughs> and becomes black and i just think that is so offensive yeah but it was made for and, and really successful so i'm just intrigued as to see if it's been banned i think it should have been it was a much more liberal time back then wasn't it you could you know different men were in charge of the media i'm then. just thinking i might actually have it <laughs> <laughs> did you write it <laughs> yeah i might have been involved have you got a cameo <laughs> yeah. that ain't no dude <laughs> <laughs> being Robert Downey Jr. It's still being done now, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, Sarah, I mean, it's up to you, really. You can stick around. Oh, we usually have the guests in until about 12, but I understand you want to go and meet your sister and start your holiday. She's not getting into King's Cross until uh, 2.50, so if you want me to stay, I'll stay, but if you want me to go, I'll go. Stick around and Hooray! join in the party, um, which kicks off now with some Roxy music for Jenny. Very happy birthday, many happy returns from all the listeners. The same old scene by Roxy Music. It's Sunday afternoon now. We're officially into afternoon, so I imagine people around the country are sealing off meat joints and uh, peeling potatoes and... You know, why not throw in some garlic and rosemary with the potatoes this afternoon would be my tip to you. I cooked lamb hot pot for the first time this week. My sweet lord. Oh, unbelievable it was. Absolutely. It actually made life better it's one of those things that now is in like the film labyrinth it's one of the things it's in my back catalogue i've always got it if i need it now that i know i can make lamb hot pot if i ever have a bad day it's just fine i'll get some scragging tights when you made it is that the link with labyrinth um no but i should have been i will be next time oh, i've <laughs> never cooked to... dressed as bowie before <laughs> my mum always used to make us watch labyrinth and we didn't know why until years later <laughs> oh yeah yeah well as a man that's something that i probably shouldn't be able to relate to but there's something about those gray ones he wears it's just blatant isn't it it's i mean blatant it's what? right there have you seen Labyrinth? Yeah, years ago. The I've old, seen it uh, recently. Yeah, it's a cracking film. I know you're a big fan of it. Yeah. But, uh, what, I, was, I presume it shows off his pieces rather well. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what you're getting You were at? trying to sort of dance around there, but you've just Keep quite... Yeah, I was thinking of a sort of goblin euphemism to make, you know, but you've just gone straight in there. Uh, yeah, there, well, there's a certain... There's, his leather ones don't really do much, but they're... Not he, as clingy. He comes in, they're proper, like, grey leggings, like women in the 80s used to wear with those fluorescent pink socks. They're proper just, they've got them out of Tammy Girl. Like uh, Olivia Newton-John in Let's Get Physical. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. You can never have enough 80s references, can no. you? Um, Matt Ford. Indeed. Are you a man who's got a dream? I've had many dreams in my life. No, um, not like dirty ones. No, you stayed I mean, at my house last night. Ah, uh, come on, <laughs> mate. You know what I meant. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an, I'm, you know, I'm an You're a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. I'm yeah. a very positive person. You believe the children of the future, don't you? Is that something you said? Some of them. I mean, due to <laughs> the state of half of them, uh, the future not worth living in. Um, however, some of them... Nodding lo- away, Adam Hudson in the corner there, producer Adam. Um, I'm, That's I'm okay. right with him. I was going to say something to you off air, but I probably could say it on air. Now we're talking about children. We'll say was, one word at a time and then I'll make my mind up. About Cub Scouts <laughs> and how can you get a badge well, on sex uh, education. Okay. Did you see this in the news last week? It's been a big debate about the the role of sexual education because they're going to give sexual education to five year olds. But you're going to be able to get a Cub Scout badge in it now, right? Cub Scouts are going to do it, and I want a Cubs for a bit. They're the people least likely <laughs> ever to actually experience in it. You're teaching yeah, the wrong people. Because the the, the six year old cub, uh, cub uh, scouts are called beavers. It's true. I was the, in the beavers as well. What happens when you confuse a beaver with a? <laughs> Cub. Are you going to say... No, no, the 18-year-old ones are called exp- 
explorers. And you just think, yeah, but an 18-year-old scout is never going to see a naked lady. It's never <laughs> exactly. If you're still in the scout at 18, there's something wrong, isn't there? Yeah, they were precisely. called brownies where I came from. Is that still That's current? The That's the girls. Girl guides and the brownies. Okay. Yeah, is that what they're going to call the classes? <laughs> People get very angry about it because it, it, the term is sexual education when really that encompasses relationships and human emotion and all the things that... But because it's like... A fair bit of technique. The papers go, oh, sexual education for five-year-olds, it's ridiculous, they'll be showing them DVDs and that. And you think, well, they're not going to, obviously, are they? It depends on who's teaching you as well because I think if, if it was like a woman in her 40s who's been married for 20 years and said you have to do it out of obligation... <laughs> <laughs> then it would turn most people off. Yeah. Sit down, kids. It's a bit like maths. No one wants to do it, but you get it over and done with. Um, <laughs> do you smell like cats, miss? Yes, I do. I've had bad life. What's your dream? I managed, I wanted to score winning golf forest at Wembley. I wanted to captain the England team, be prime minister at one point. That's now dead in the water. Um, a few things. I think, overall, I'd just like to retire at 65... Yes. <laughs> just trying to think what the retirement age is these days. Six and what's likely to be when I'm old. I just want to retire and be able to spend my days, frankly, in pubs. Right. That's pretty much. Not getting totally wasted and being rowdy. <laughs> it's your dream to be an alcoholic. But just have <laughs> nice meat pies, a fair bit of beetroot and cheese on hand, some truffles and just <laughs> beers and be able to get to watch beetroot every... Beetroot and cheese and truffles. Beetroot and cheese, but I love beetroot. A slice of beetroot on top of a slice of cheese is lovely. Um... And then just be able to go and watch every Forest game ever want. Be able to go and watch. Oh, I want to watch England at Wembley. Yeah, yeah, that's probably my current dream. Do you want to watch Oasis at Wembley? We are. We only oh. went and got tickets this morning, Britain. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> get on the lines. They're probably all sold out now, but uh, we'll tell are, you about it. Concerts are never as good as the CDs. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bold statement. Um, I love them today. <laughs> Oasis are brilliant live. I've seen them a couple of times. This is. But you could buy a CD of them live, <laughs> and then you could sit in your jammers and listen. Yeah, but I want to look at Liam Gallagher's face. Get a poster. <laughs> no, I want to see. I want him to flick a V sign at me, or I want to get something. Highly likely. Oh, he's, they're You'd awesome. Get a poster of him doing that. If you're just sat down the front dribbling over him, he's probably going to flick you the Vs at they're some point. Awesome life. Thank Keep you, yeah. your dreams coming in, um, and if there's anything we can do to help out, then we will do. So you've got about 50 minutes left. Uh, six four zero four six. John Richardson dot six music at BBC dot co dot UK. Or keep the realistic like Fordy's dream to be able to go to a pub and eat cheese. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to a man later on called Mr J D Weatherspoon, and I think you two are going to get on very well. Don't let me play music there, does he? Andy's a right wing little. <laughs> sit. Here comes a song. Um, is he? Oh yeah, big time. I remember the debate over, well, the debate that never was over the Euro in this country, and he fronted up to Richard Branson on a special edition of Question Time, and was rude, awful, and the nonsense he spoke uh, about uh, our friends on the continent was uh, unforgivable. A punk vampire weekend, very good. Um, good reaction to Soul Man, someone's got it on DVD, bought it for comedy value, someone watched Short Circuit 2 again a oh, few weeks back, brilliant. had a way of escaping from the crisis. You'd have to buy Soul Man for comedy value because it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah, well that's fair. You don't buy it for deep drama, you know. No, but I mean there's a certain documentary value, it could have been a, a deep exploration of the way that we deal with race in this could country. Like open... Is it an American <laughs> film? American. American film. Mm -hmm. Could be like an Open University Media Studies course or something. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's anyone Media that's ever shown research. it in an educative, you know... How not to make films. Arena, yeah. <laughs> Here's what can go wrong when you are obsessed with fake tan. 
this man became a soul man. Um, <laughs> someone who saw the first Lord of the Rings film eight times at the cinema. And adds that adds up to 24 hours of Middle Earth viewing. Um, and someone on the subject of dreams who says, Hello, John. My ultimate dream would be to see Matt Ford running in a cross-country competition, perhaps in the under-13 girls' age category. As he charges towards the finish line, covered in mud, time would slow down, and you could clearly see the layers of fat bouncing, the sweat glistening, and the grin on his infantile face shining through. What a sight. Uh, that's from Jack. Do I know him? I don't know, he seems to know you. He's known me very, very well. (laughs) He's probably there when you were at that race last week. Um, The point is, that that could be achievable, couldn't it? Anything is possible, John. We're about to move in to a new feature, Get Fit Fatty. Would you ever get a title for it? No, it's called The Ford... (laughs) You are a right old piece, you are. You are. I've written that. Am I David font. Bowie's I did a piece? different font for the title to make it look like the X-Files well, as well. Look, the 4D file. I've even done it in a different <laughs> font. We've got two features for you now. We've got the 4D files and yeah. we've got Get Fit Fatty. Well, this is a crossover special, isn't it? Should we call it Get Fitty? <laughs> call it what you want, mate. Damage new, done now. A new it's mat. There. A new mat for a new dawn. Yeah. That implies you're going to end up with a girl called Dawn, though, and your girlfriend might be upset about that. Unless you change the name to Dawn and deals with it. <laughs> so, what we've got today, do you want to tell the listeners uh, basically what, what this is all about and well, what we've got lined up today? Yeah, John, uh, I'm doing my new series voice as well. Oh, are you doing the 4D Files voice? Well, yeah, it's a sort of crossover, isn't it? Okay. As of next week, uh, the 4D Files will be launched properly, where I investigate uh, something topical. So next week, I believe, I'm going to be investigating Halloween. Yeah, uh, and then we're going to do a special on the American elections. Various things that uh, that crop up uh, throughout the year. Um, this week, um, I'm going to be turning the spotlight on myself. Um, as you know, I've been at the <laughs> cutting edge of investigative journalism for the last few months. Uh, it's often said that when I talk, the corridors of power quiver. The truth is, uh, when I walk, actually, most uh, corridors <laughs> quiver because I've put on too much weight. Um, I've made some incredible changes to my lifestyle, John. And uh, really, I just share, well. I'm trying to... Oh, sorry, yeah, I'm making a change, I'm making a change. I'll fade my mic down. You can't hear me, I'm not here. I've, I've made a bit of a change, you know, I'm changing my diet, I'm, ch- I'm trying to do some running... And some walking, so I'm... I've, I'm, uh, what I'm doing now is assembling a crack team of experts, Britain's finest. You've got the crack, now you just need the team. <laughs> I'm assembling Britain's finest experts, uh, and we're going to talk to one in a bit, who's going to help me out with the dieting side. So we've got a dietitian who's going to give you some advice on your well, first step to getting fit. Yes. Is, the, is the first step, don't eat so many fond and fancies? I think <laughs> it's I'm something we'll have to discuss but, with know, the dietitian. It is on the back of pickled onion monster when you breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> a cheese, <laughs> 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 so, I'm quite excited about this. We'll get, a, uh, we'll get a dietitian on the line, we'll talk through what you've eaten in the last 24 hours, yeah. and then perhaps she can suggest some small changes. Absolutely. And I think you might be interested to hear the results. <laughs> That's all together now by The Farm. Uh, John Richardson on Six Music heading into the last half hour. Don't forget, we always end with a big intro, so if you've got a song that you think starts in a particularly fat with a PH fashion, uh, you can suggest that on 64046. We're joined by Sarah Millican, Matt Ford, and now uh, dietitian uh, for the NHS, Laura Birch, should be with us. Are you there, Laura? Hello. Hello. Um, Hi. Welcome along. And you're in the Lake District at the moment. 
certainly are, yeah. It's a bit wet up here. Yeah. Um, it's tragedy in the news, but it's a fairly... It's one of those things you think, if you're going to run 26 miles across mountains... Exactly, a bit crazy. You've got to be a bit tapped anyway, don't you, really? <laughs> What's a bit of water? Um, so we're never... You know, we're looking to set a task for 40 at the end of all this, but that's probably a little bit beyond what we're starting with. Um, 40, do you want Ooh. to just talk Laura through your... your de- what, what are the staples <laughs> of your day at the well, moment? Um, yesterday I had a bit of an off day. I had a microwave cottage pie... Right. Um, with, but I did have it with veg, with fresh veg. Fresh veg, that's good, good start. Boiled, um, uh, cauliflower, broccoli, car- carrots and peas. Frozen? Right. Uh, the peas were, yeah. Yeah. Not when I ate fine. them. Um, <laughs> then I had, um, <laughs> for breakfast I've been having Special K, uh, right. instead of McDonald's mm. breakfasts. So is Not that a- a McDonald's breakfast. Well, I was having, <laughs> a, I was having, um, sausage and pancake meal with a McBacon roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, not, not the best start to your day there, Matt, not yeah, great. I know, but, but when it's cold in the morning and you've driven to work and you see <laughs> that lovely logo... You could anyway. treat yourself to a nice bowl of porridge or something, that would be a better choice. Oh, would that be good? That would be good, yeah. Okay. And your special K as well, unfortunately full of sugar, so not as good as you might think for yourself. Oh, right. So spe- well, the, the girls always look really nice on the advert, yeah. don't they? <laughs> they do, I reckon they're not they scoffing special K every day, though. <laughs> oh, my word. That, you've got to be a bit careful with all these low-fat foods, you see. They say low-fat because they take all the fat out and then they put loads of sugar in to make it taste good. Oh, my God. Uh, you have to be in the know, you have to be a bit sneaky. But the one I have has berries in it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they still it doesn't like really make up for it, I'm afraid. Sugar-coated <laughs> berries. The line between berries and red bits. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, they look real. Well, they are. They're, they're just freeze-dried. Freeze-dried, freeze-dried. And covered in sugar. Um, now, in terms of evening activities, uh, mm. with regards to what goes into my body, um, during the week I don't drink. At the weekend, um, I, you know, don't frown at me, John Richardson. <laughs> I'm getting are, you a, are you a bit of a weekend warrior when it comes to drinking? <laughs> that is a new nickname, I'm taking <laughs> <laughs> A weekend warrior, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Friday nights, I, I, I like it a couple. Now, um... What's your tipple of choice, then? I quite like bottled ciders. Um, right. Bulmers, Magnus, that sort of thing. Um, mm. Water not down with some ice. Right. Not not great in terms of calories, especially your cider. It's got lots of sugar in it, so your lager would be better. <sighs> and I'm not sure how you'd feel about it, but if you were to have a, uh, a shandy with a diet lemonade, that would be an even better choice. I like oh, shandy. He's, he's pulling a big shandy. face, Laura. <laughs> the best thing you could do, but I'm not sure if uh, you know how happy you'd be about ordering it, would be to have like a gin or a vodka with a, a slimline tonic. What I could that ask for is, uh, can I have half a pint of Stella, mate? Uh, oh, no. Order a pint of Stella. Drink mm. half of it and then say, "Can I have uh, half a lemonade for uh, her over there, please?" <laughs> <laughs> diet lemonade, remember, it's always going to be diet. <laughs> Slip it in. Do you want to quickly, um, quickly talk Laura through what you had for the rest of the day? And if it's all right with you, Laura, we'll play a track and then we'll come back and you can try and suggest some things for Forty to eat this week. Yeah, no worries. So, okay, so I'll quickly fire through what you had. Well, let's let's go through what you had in the car journey back <laughs> from your house to my house last night. Um, two bottles of Lucasade. Yeah. A couple of bottles, a couple of uh, bags of uh, pickled onion monster munch. <laughs> <laughs> the, right. the new 40 gram bags are out, by the way, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the, big, the big bags, yeah. Not your normal, regular bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the big ones. What else did we have? Some sweets. We had a pizza when we got back. Oh, yeah. I'd had an arrow in bed before you arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Before you arrived. <laughs> My God. Right. So we should have warned you. have got a bit of work to do. Really, yeah, this, really, this is the challenge you're looking at. So we'll have, uh, <laughs> we'll have Fight Like Apes, and then we'll come back with uh, some suggestions for how this might be improved. And I, I think 
fairly simple to begin with with improvement but then uh, yeah. some better food we'll, for we'll start smally. okay we'll be with you uh, back in a minute okay that's rock lobster by the b52s uh, coming out of the news there it's the last 20 minutes of john richardson show for today after me is uh, the music week today they have uh, an electric prom special and then for the rest of the day uh, you couldn't ask for any more than what we've got uh, sitting in for stephen merchant we have jarvis cocker and we have uh, huey of course with his own show uh, but for the time being we have 20 minutes left still in the company of sarah millican hello award Award-winning comedian. Ah, thank you. Um, and Matt Ford. Award-winning pianist. Crisp fiend. <laughs> Weekend warrior. <laughs> Weekend warrior. <laughs> Maybe that's what our film can be called. Yes, yeah. that's right, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> Nico and Ford, he might be planning something a little bit bigger. Um, we Thanks also have with us a uh, dietitian to the star, <laughs> uh, Laura Birch. Now... <laughs> Before the news, uh, we, we outlined Matt Ford's diet, and with with some time to think about it, perhaps, Laura, would you be so kind as to suggest a sort of a, a skeleton diet that Fordy could follow for a week? And what we're going to do is next week, we're going to get him all measured up properly. We'll get proper kit in, blood pressure, weight, body mass index, all that sort of thing. But we're going to give him a week to sort of sort detox. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so what do right. you think? Well, starting off with breakfast... Yeah. I reckon you need to ditch your uh, ditch your Mackey D's and ditch your Special K. Okay. I want you to be having some kind of nice cereal like um, Weetabix or shred, shredded wheat, something like that, or porridge for your breakfast. Two <laughs> thumbs up there for the Weetabix. And I'll tell you what, Laura, how about I have that with some skimmed milk? I think that sounds <laughs> like a great plan, that, yeah. And sugar on. <laughs> Little kiss-ass. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Good. Your, uh, your salad boxes milk. that you were having. They sound all right. You just want to steer clear of the coleslaw and all the salad dressings. Okay, so They're just quite a, high in fat. So a nice salad for lunch with sort of green leaves, tomatoes. Yeah, that sort of Maybe thing. Maybe a little bit of ham, boiled egg. That would be good. I don't Get like eggs. A bit of protein in there. Uh, what about some couscous? Couscous, yeah, that sounds Excellent. good. Nice, sounds all right. Lovely. So a sort of salad with couscous and things like that for lunch, and then for my evening yep. meal. By which evening. point, I have to say, I'm absolutely starving. Starving, right? Well, you need to make sure you get some carbs in there, so something like a stir fry with some noodles would be good. Oh my um, maybe a jacket potato with a nice healthy filling, something like that. Quality. Yeah, I can do that. Well, easy. That's ace. Yeah, yeah, they sound right. As long as you're not putting loads of creamy dressing on, or if you're going to have a curry, there's the tomato based ones rather than creamy ones. Ah, that's a good tip. Okay. So, you bolties. Can have all these things, but you just need to know the little tweaks to make. Now, it seems like where we're going to fall down, Laura, potentially, is evening snacking. Is there anything yeah. that he can do? to sort of, you know, boost him through the evening. Baby right. Bell Light, perhaps? <laughs> 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 if you're looking at having things like crisps, move yeah. away from your, your big grab bags and go yeah. for the baked varieties. They're all right. They're okay. a bit better for you. Yeah. Um, if you're going to have chocolate and things, go for little mini snack-sized ones rather than a full-on bar. Okay. How many um, snack-sized ones? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just one, one How many time, can you fit in your one. mouth? <laughs> 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 now there's a game I'd like to see. <laughs> Me. Well, that's so wonderful. The best you can have, Matt, would be some fruit. Good old-fashioned fruit. Okay. And now, oh, just on fruit, some of it contains sugar, doesn't it? I mean, if I was to eat, like, a bag of apples, eight or nine apples, <laughs> would that... Mitig- I think it'd give you a really bad bellyache and quite bad wind. Okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I can confirm that that has been happening. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so, uh, in terms of fruit, obviously, there's, it's the five-a-day thing. Um... You, that means five different ones, really, five doesn't it? Five different ones. You want to eat a rainbow. That's a little saying. Do you eat all different Skittles. <laughs> Brilliant. Perfect. <laughs> Do you know, I have a quick question, Laura, if you don't mind. Go on then, fire away. Something that gets vilified is bread. 
And yeah. that's sort of, it's the sort of thing that, uh, living on the road, you can't avoid bread, but I hear that it's just, it's this horrible, evil food that just clogs up like a big ball of dough in your belly and doesn't go anywhere. And it's I've, only if you're eating tons and tons of white bread. If you have wholemeal bread or granary bread, spot on. That's the best of for you. And it keeps so. everything moving through nicely. And producer Adam has a question about, is it frozen pizzas? Yeah, I get a lot of those. He gets through a lot of those. Right. I but, try not to, in yeah. a nutshell. <laughs> What about making your own pizzas? Brilliant. If make your own if you can if you can be bothered to get the base and put loads of veggies on the top. <laughs> on if you've got he's shaking time. his head. He can't even be bothered no. to put socks on. So I'm guessing he's not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that, Laura. Uh, enjoy your time in the Lake District, and thank I really appreciate you doing that. Before, do would you like to say thank you? Yeah, cheers, Laura. <laughs> no you You're welcome. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Good Have good a good luck. day. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers, then. See you. <laughs> So there we go, we've got targets set for you diet-wise, and the big measure coming next week. This is Kids, and we all know how fat they are, by MGMT. That was Kids by MGMT. Um, Matt Ford's face yeah, in the studio. You look so... Uh, I should reveal that what happened there was um, <laughs> Zoe, who handles our website, came in with some chocolate brownies, yeah. which um, Sarah Julie took a brownie. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I'm going to have one later upstairs, but you... Went into what I can only describe as the fatal position. <laughs> the recovery position. There was a bit in um, EastEnders ages ago when Paul Nichols' character went mental and ra- wrapped his TV up in tinfoil and he just used to crawl into the corner and get in the fetal position and just got, go away, go away, Somebody go away. Somebody uh, brownie, that's what it was. <laughs> he wasn't like a brownie and he was on a diet. After he pledged to have Weetabix for breakfast. So, oh, I mean, man. I'm worried because, I mean, I don't. Uh, this isn't supposed to be torture, is it not? You, oh. <laughs> what, 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 I thought it was. I thought that was the theme. Probably for the people listening. <laughs> the, you uh, brought that mask for him to wear, didn't you? It's a bit <laughs> weird. What, the only thing I'm worried about is that my stomach, is it my equivalent of Samson's hair? And getting rid of it, will I be getting rid of myself? Have you got a hairy belly? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have. Um, Angel Delilah to... Um, you shouldn't <laughs> worry. I, I don't, I, Shut you, up, I, I don't want to lose that sort of jolly... But that's not because I'm big, is it? And I carry it yeah. well anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, we're not talking... As you are. You know. It's we're not going to turn you into, like, Flat Stanley. <laughs> we just want to shift a little bit, don't we? So I you can shift feel a little more bit. comfortable. You know, I want to make the change, but I'm, I'm worried about what it's going to do to me, to my if mind. You're, if you're going to come in every week and look like you're about to cry, then I don't think <laughs> I want to be the person that does this to you. It's an exciting new dawn. You can run... Would you remember the last time you ran? Imagine that. Last week. Right. So I started jogging last week. I was, n- well, I was in a lot of pain afterwards. You went jogging four times the week before last. I, I, went, I went jogging twice last week. I did a lot of walking this week. The recommended amount to be healthy is 10,000 steps a day. On Thursday this week, I did 37,000 steps. I was yeah. walking oh nearly God. all day. Up what and down do you Burger jog? King. Because I used to go jogging. What time of the day? <laughs> well, I have to do it at night because it's when I get in from work. So it's often that um, like, sort of eight or nine at I, night. When I, so I was working in an office job at the time, it was that long ago, obviously. And um, and I used to do it on a morning round the park, but you have to do it at a certain time. You have to do it after the dog walkers because if any bodies are found, they're always found by people walking dogs. So then I didn't worry about finding any bodies. So you go in after the dog walkers. <laughs> the problem the is, day. if I go jogging early doors, it's going to be my body. They find yeah. <laughs> collapse. No, he just hasn't had enough cake today. <laughs> it's when they start overtaking you. That's when you've got to worry. You're not yeah. jogging fast enough there. Well, what we'll do this week, um, 
What about we keep a little for, so that the listeners can keep up? Mm-hmm. They, you keep a little online journal on oh, our webpage. That's a very good idea. You can sort of email uh, Adam on a daily basis and Jenny, and they'll put up a little um, uh, report list. or whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. an odd word to forget, Long. isn't it? List. And if people log. want to send messages to support, it always helps. Let's not put a picture of Fordy's log up. Um, <laughs> put people off. Um, but yeah, we'll put up what you've had to eat, and then yeah. next Alex week's the big, the big... I don't want to call it a weigh-in. Sounds bad. No, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. All right, then. Next week's the big weigh-in. Oh, my have a way off, and then you could get weird as well. Have a way off. All right, then. It's a bit of a way off. It's in seven days' time. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, then. Well, and the 40 file for next week. Yeah. yeah it's got to be honest as well. Any indiscretions? Yeah. Mate, the scales are going to be here. The scales don't no, slide. your diet, mate. Your, your, the blog. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. When have I ever been accused of doing anything different apart from telling the truth around here? <laughs> don't answer that. <laughs> don't lie How to Britain. How many kids have you had today? I've had three fondant fancies and one citrus-based one. Citrus-based? Citrus Look at you trying to yeah, make it sound like fruit. <laughs> well, it was made with 100% real fruit juice, wasn't it? John? It's one of your five, definitely. Please, John. <laughs> it's got some goodness in it, well, right? five cakes. <laughs> Balanced diet. I've had my fat. Now, for the rest of the day, I'm going to have vitamins, protein and veg. Lie! Red Light Company by Scheme Eugene. Uh, we've come to... I got that the wrong way around. We've come to the end of another show. Um, thank you to Sarah Millican for coming in. It's thank been smashing. Much. You're doing a run at the Soho Theatre coming up soon, it's aren't you? It's not like a jog. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm doing a run just around a run of the shows. theatre. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 17th to the 20th of December at the Soho Details on my website, sarahmillican.com. Sarahmillican.com. Check that out. Uh, she's fantastic. Thank you to you, 4D. Cheers, mate. Keep up with 4D's uh, dietary information for the coming week. Thank you to everyone who's listened and uh, joined in today and shared their dreams. I'm sorry that we couldn't help out with any, which was the intention of this feature in the first place. Uh, thanks to Amy, who was very good going through the news and broke the news about the corkscrew. Uh, Oliver and John, who we chatted to about the Dyson Airblades. Thank you to Laura Birch, who's our special dietitian for 4D, um, who I dare say will be following following your diet. Oh, well, she'll perhaps know the truth. Well, the nation can now. <laughs> Online. And next week, uh, a special 40 file on uh, Halloween. Halloween. Uh, we Exposed. End, as we always do, with a cracking intro, and this one comes in from Hady and Devon. Another song was a good intro. is Back in Black by ACDC. Oh! Uh, love to your mothers. So here it comes. Have a smashing week. Stay tuned for the music week. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. BBC Six. Music.